Darkcast Network. Welcome to the dark side of podcasts. Maybe you should see your story through a different lens. Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host, and today I'm here with my guest, Stephanie Ann. Hi, Tiffany. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm Stephanie Ann. I am a former attorney, a domestic violence advocate, um, survivor myself of two narcissistic marriages, And I'm here just to offer a different perspective and to talk about my experiences and what I've been through. And hopefully we'll challenge some of the people out there to see their story through a different lens. And yeah, so we embark on this healing journey together. I am so intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) It's intriguing. Cheers, babe. <laughs> cheers, cheers. I have poured myself a glass of wine. I live in wine country, Oregon. So you gotta gotta partake, right? Uh yeah. I like my vodka. I stick with my vodka. <laughs> I'm I'm a wine girl. I'm a wine girl. So where does this journey begin? Well, for years I was living a completely different story through a lens of why me? And it only isn't until recently that I feel like I've really broken a pattern in my life of calling people into my life through relationships that will teach me the lessons that I still needed to learn, you know, owning those parts of my story and owning it as my story and not someone else's story and of healing those parts within me that had me feeling unworthy of love. So, you know, you, you call in these people who reflect back to you over and over and over again, whether it's through their manipulation, the way they gaslight, their abusive words, the criticisms, the critiques. But I just kept calling them in. And They came in as the exact teachers that I need. And I say that now, though for a long time, I saw my two past husbands as monsters. And I, you know, I I always pause with that because sometimes it, it is hard and you still see them through that lens of these men are monsters. Um. But I continue to ask, why me? When I looked back, I could see that there was violence. And even as as an attorney and as someone who worked in the field of domestic violence, I've won awards for my advocacy in the field of domestic violence. Um, I could see that there were situations that create an energy where we are allowing ourselves to be taken advantage of. And even even me, someone who, who knows. And, you know, but it's so when you get in the middle of it, it, it's hard to see that you are in the middle of it. You you don't see it. And even someone with my background and what I did, I was still I still found myself in this. And, you know, and there was a part of me that was still drawn into the drama, drawn into the story, drawn into the victimhood of what was happening to me versus me being able to see what was for me, if that makes sense. And it wasn't until after 17 years within these two marriages, and then my second marriage ended in violence where I found myself, I actually lost my vision in my eyes. Oh, no. And I sat there and I'm like, I can't see all this stuff has just happened to me. 17 years worth of trauma. And it wasn't even just 
within the marriages, but it was, we had a house fire. We lost everything in Hurricane Ian. You know, our house was on the water. We lost everything there. And it was like traumatic event after traumatic event. And I was literally in the rubble of my old life. And I was sitting in this mess feeling like it had all been done to me. You know, and and just blaming these guys who inflicted all this stuff on me and just sitting here in victimhood asking, why me? I don't deserve this. No one deserves any of this. And it was in that moment, you know, sitting there and just thinking about my eye and and not being able to see. It's a a whole nother story. I'll, I'll get to what happened to my eye. And. And just sitting there like, what's going on? Like, what are you trying to teach me? And so, you know, the universe, source, God, what, whatever you connect with, they give us these moments in time, whether it's through losing everything or whether it's through physically physical manifestations like my eye. These things happen, but if we get curious, and we ask the right questions, we can start to see some truth in what is happening all around us, that there's something that is crying for us to pay attention to. I was physically unable to see my story playing out in front of me because I needed to see it through a different lens. I needed to shift from the victim story to the hero story. And it was only when I was able to shift energy from these two guys being monsters in my life, shift it to where they could be teachers in my life, could I start to see the lessons? And as I started to take my power back, I could see what needed to be healed. I could see what needed to be released. I could see where I needed more compassion. I could see where I needed more forgiveness. And the shifts in the story that I thought was my reality was no longer my reality. And and as I look at so many people out there, especially women, but also men, because this this does happen to men as well, we find ourselves in these narcissistic or abusive relationships and it's it's a pattern. Yes. And it's it's a pattern of unworthiness. And sometimes it's so hard when, you know, in the beginning with all the love bombing and then the the trauma bonding and and all of this, it's so hard to see what is right in front of us until we lose it all. Or we come to the brink of losing our life. And then we pause and we ask these questions and we get still and we have that moment where we can truly see our story and we can truly see ourselves. And I, and I remember sitting there thinking about my eye and I just felt God saying, see your story through a different lens. And I shifted that story instead of being like, why is all of this stuff happening to me? from a a why me to a for me. And it was in that shift when, when I remember hearing God, you know, not like, Oh my God, from, from heaven coming down with this big voice. It's just, you know, that, that inner knowing inside you, you know, that inner intuitive voice or whatever you want to call it. Um, But I just felt the voice saying it is done. Stephanie, you have shifted the pattern in your life. and you know, that's why I'm here today to share my story and to help others see their story clear enough that they too can shift the pattern and say it is done. And when that pattern's shifted and it's done, that is where freedom is. Yes, queen. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> so that, that's true freedom. And that is, what I want to help people do, because I will tell you, it's, it's not fun. 
feeling like a victim and feeling like everyone is out to get you and these guys are out to get you and trying to destroy your life. It is, it's hard and it took, it took a long time and it took really hard, tearful <laughs> lessons to get there, to make that shift. So if I can prevent even one person from going through everything I went through, then it's worth it to tell my story and to share my story. I feel like more and more now these days, it's common almost. Like there's so many narcissists walking around. It's insane. It's, it's hurt people who take pleasure in hurting other people. And don't blame yourself. A narcissist is like a number one salesman. They Mm. can tell you what you want to hear, when you need to hear it. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was with my first husband, Josh, I will say their names because, you know, they have names. You go, girl. <laughs> they have names. Um, I I didn't see. I I don't even think oh, no one ever talked about narcissism or or what it was. You know, this was like ten plus years ago. It wasn't really talked about, but I can see it now because I know what narcissism is, and I can go back and look. But it's like you know, for him, it was very covert very um he he kept all these parts of who he was hidden and so like uh, pretty much our whole marriage he was constantly having affairs constantly seeking validation from other women um and it it just never stopped and so when i thought i had healed from all of that. And I went into my second marriage. I thought I was doing everything right. You know, and this is what I say. Some, we, we attract sometimes when, when we haven't healed those parts. And I, and I think it is God, the universe, whatever saying, you haven't learned these lessons. And until you learn these lessons, you're going to keep repeating the same patterns because with my second husband, Jace, we met online and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing everything right. I've spent a couple of years healing between the marriage. Now I, when I was ready to start dating, I, I manifested him. Like I am a huge manifester. I wrote down my list. I, I got exactly what I asked for. I'm like, Okay, well, this time around, I'm going more for looks, you know, so I'm like the tall, dark, handsome. I, I wrote I wrote this stuff down. I'm like, and not anyone in the medical field because, you know, all doctors are cheaters, you know, I mean, all this, which is not true. It's not true. But so, you know, I'm like, well, a, a businessman, he tall, dark, handsome, a divorced dad with boys. I mean, I'm specific. You have to be specific when you're manifesting. So a week, I I threw this out there into the universe. I had my list and everything. A week later, I meet him. I kid you not, tall, he's 6'3", beautiful, divorced dad, three little boys. I am a divorced mom with two little boys. So, you know, I was very specific, businessman. He was there. And I think in in uh, the universe or or God's uh, graciousness, He also came with all my unlearned lessons from husband number one. No, you get what you asked for. You absolutely get what you asked for, and the unlearned lessons tagged along because it wasn't it wasn't all the lessons. Like I don't think. Jace was a cheater. Maybe he was. I don't know. But he he certainly liked to use those vulnerabilities and just be like, oh, everywhere I go, women just want me. 
okay, <laughs> you know that is an insecurity for me. But he was always around, so I don't know if he... I don't know. People have asked me, I'm like, I don't know. You know, you come to a point in your life and it's like, I don't fucking care what you do because I have other things to do in my life than to monitor someone's behavior. I have already did that for 13 years and that was, that would drive you crazy. No, I've been there. I'm telling you from experience, the pretty ones hurt you because they know they're pretty. Yeah. Well, but you know, and like, and, and again, I didn't, I didn't know. And you, and people ask so many times, like, well, what didn't you see red flags? Well, you see what you want to see. And when, you know, we spent a couple months just talking and so we didn't see each other. So there wasn't that physical thing, but I, I have since realized that you know, when he would, when he would bring up words like, oh, you're my soulmate, you're, I, I, God sent you to me. Well, I had a list and a week later, I mean, he, he was everything on my list. And so I never heard someone talk about soulmate, but I was like, well, it must be, I mean, I manifested him. We must be soulmates. You're speaking you know, my language. <laughs> <laughs> You, we laugh, but it's like, I I was very honest. And when we actually met in person, I was in love with him. I had never met him before, but we had talked so much about, I have since learned that I fell in love with myself. He was just mirroring me and everything that he loved about me in the beginning of the relationship later on were things that he would bring up. I don't like all your friends. Your friends are all feminists. They're all strong women. They're all this, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's what you told me you loved about me in the beginning. So it's very, it's very confusing. And you don't know what it is because it's not, it, it's abuse, but it doesn't always feel like it. It just feels like something is off and something's weird and you don't know what it is. Sometimes like nagging. You know, like, why are you always on my case? Why, why do you always need to do this? Why do you always need to do that? But there's always Mm -hmm. excuses, always excuses. God forbid you question them. (laughs) You ain't getting shit. (laughs) Oh yeah. No. And it was, it wasn't fun. In fact, uh, we got married, Jason and I, we got married in December of 2019. So right before the world shut down. And, and so, you know, you, you don't, I didn't see the red flags and then, or I, I chose not to, I, I chose to overlook them. And so, but then when the world shut down and we were all home and we have all these boys, so I had two boys and he has three boys and then you start to see things because we're, we're all just home. There's nowhere to go. And And you're probably drunk five boys. I'd be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's, what's funny about that is that I was um, working at a winery at the time. And so I did have cases of wine and access to all kinds of alcohol and stuff. But actually I stopped drinking in 2020 because I couldn't figure out what was going on with Jace. And so I'm like, hold up. The world's gone mad. My husband's gone mad. I don't know what's going on. And so, yeah, I, I stopped drinking because I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I, I couldn't, I didn't know if it was because if it was him or if it was just the insanity of the whole world shutting down. And so it made it very, it was very confusing. And in fact, I actually, in, in 2020, I ended up, um, I separated from him and filed for divorce because things just got really chaotic. And I'm like, whoa, I need, I need a break. Like, this is not the marriage I wanted. And so I went no contact for two months until 
he started emailing and and I was like, okay, let me just answer one of these. And again, I didn't know what narcissism was. And, you know, although I was a domestic violence advocate and attorney and all that stuff, I still, the narcissism, it just, I don't know if it's just me, but it just seems more popular. Like where people are talking about it a lot more, but, um, I didn't know, but, but a funny thought, both my ex-husbands both called each other narcissists. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously they, they knew and they were aware. (laughs) Josh is such a narcissist, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, and Jace is such a narcissist. Oh my God. Like just stay away from the Jace. Oh my gosh. I know. And both my kids, their names are Jace too. It's not even, it's not. It was not intentional. They just happened to be names I like. I know. And this is the crazy thing too. It's like they both, they're both Aquarius. And I, I think I have this thing for Aquarius. So no more Aquarius men. Um, their birthdays are right next to each other. They kind of almost look like each other, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, I see it, God. I see it now. <laughs> Point but taken. <laughs> it is taken. But like... I, you know, and the whole no contact, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know like that's the only way you can safely get away from these, from these people. And so I did the no contact for, for two months. I I didn't call it no contact then. It was just, I just needed a break. And I, I was so confused and so conflicted because it's like, well, is this who he truly is? Or is this 2020 exacerbating everything? So it was so confusing during that time. And so, because I was so conflicted. I let him have a second chance. It, but I, but this time around, I was a little bit more, you know, I had things he needed to do. I'm like, well, you need to go to an abuser recovery program. You need to go to AA. You need to do all these things. And unfortunately, it was still, you know, 2020. And so a lot of the in-person places weren't available. So he did them online and he did do them. Although I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think he just probably sat in his room for an hour and it did. I, I don't know, you know, because it's not like there was a change. And, and that's what people always say too. Well, uh, are they going to change? No, they're not going to change. And that's, and, and that's the hard part because like for me, I would always say, well, I fell in love with their potential. Well, you know, after four years, we're still sitting in the same place. Like we're still talking about this business we're going to start or these things we're going to do, but there's no, there's no change. I, I didn't go anywhere in my marriage. I, we stayed and it's, we didn't evolve. We didn't do anything. Not like do anything, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we're stagnant. I'm like, I'm, we are four years in and I feel like we could have just met yesterday and we're in the same place. Like you can't, we should be moving forward in our life, not just hanging out and going nowhere. And, right. but I feel like with, with narcissists, that's what they want that they don't want to go anywhere. They're happy. Just, I mean, happy relative. They, but they have nowhere to go. They they don't want to go anywhere. At least the ones that I've dealt with don't. Well, no. I mean, I had two narcissists that were also very different. But the one was a woman chaser by motherfucking far. So <laughs> he wasn't going to go anywhere because he loved the attention. It's It's about mm-hmm. the attention. It's about what can they get away with? What can they get out of you? Oh, yeah. Well, and like you said, I mean, the attention and they have this grandiose sense of of self-importance and this sense of entitlement and this need for excessive admiration. And I remember, you know, so Jason and I, we, ended up, we had a child together. So we had 
six boys. And you got a six pack. <laughs> we had we had a six pack and I loved all of those boys. Um his ex-wife ended up dying um during COVID. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I became their only mom. And I love these boys. So fun. But when you have a someone who constantly needs all their attention on them, it's like I could feel it. If I was out doing things with the boys, I could feel like him getting mad because I'm not focusing all my attention on him. Or like our baby. We have a baby. But he couldn't even he couldn't even handle that. And he would bring it up. Well, you just you neglect me. You're always with the baby. It's a one, it's a baby, (laughs) you know, but but it's like, but it's, it is little things like that. Like when you look at it by itself, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Oh, my husband misses me and I need to spend more time with him. But when you look at the totality of everything, it's like, it's madness because it's not just once it's, it's all night long. And, you know, it's, I'm shuffling kids around between schools and paying bills and doing this and taking care of this and doing yard work and doing chores and doing grocery shopping and cooking and taking care of all the kids. And what's he doing? I don't know. Not contributing, not helping me. And when I would bring it up, he's very much the victim. Well, I can't do all that. My back hurts. So you can't do the dishes. You can't go to the grocery store. I've seen you run to the liquor store to get something, but you can't run to the grocery store. And then he starts crying. He, he was a crier. So he cry. And he turned every, every conversation around. And, you know, and then for me, it's like, well, you're so direct. You're so mean. You're you're a effing lawyer, and you just want to get into arguments, blah blah blah. And he would just sit there crying, and I'm like, I I can't. I don't even have. I don't have time for this. Right. That's like a mind fuck. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like you're mind crying. <laughs> like what the hell are you crying over? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's like. I think that's the first narcissist that I heard is like a crier like that. I mean, they oh. can turn it on when they need to, but to do it oh, that yeah. often. Oh, yeah. No, he, he could bring the tears out. If I brought up anything, he made it all about him. And I never got a word in because I'm a bitchy dominant lawyer who's, you know, and he's just a sweet, innocent man who back hurts. <laughs> How dare you ask him to do the dishes? <laughs> I know. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm, I, I, and then I would tell him, I'm like, well, hire someone. Hire a maid. Hire someone, a house cleaner to come and help me because I can't, I can't keep doing all of this. Again, like going back to shifting the perspectives and stuff. It's like until we shift those perspectives and like I mean I can sit here all day long and tell you some of the most horrible horrible stories but I know for me and what I want other people to be able to do is to shift those stories and to not give them all our power to not give them all our energy do you know what I'm saying like oh yeah I can look at out of all these horrible things I, I went through, but I can also say, okay, what have I learned from both of these guys? And if I look at them as teachers, and so, you know, for instance, I go back to, to Josh, my first husband, and say, what did Josh teach me about relationships? Well, one, he taught me boundaries. He taught me that I need my own boundaries and I cannot be a boundary person. The boundary, I used to call myself the boundaries, please. Here I am being the boundaries, please. Again, like, why am I out there confronting all these women? Stay away from my husband, blah, 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 blah. That's not my job. 
I'm not the boundaries police. I don't want to be the boundaries police. Nobody wants to be the boundaries police. That's exhausting. It is exhausting. It's horrible. It's, it's not a fun way to live. And so, you know, I can say with Josh, I learned I need to have boundaries and I'm not going to be anyone else's boundaries, please. Hi, I'm Ashley, a true crime fanatic. I'm Dan, and I don't know anything about true crime. Together, we host Fuck That, a true crime podcast that covers cases that highlight important topics that are often overlooked, such as wrongful convictions, domestic violence, and social inequities, sprinkled in with the occasional case with spooky themes. If you are looking for your next true crime fix delivered candidly with a hint of sarcasm, you can listen and subscribe to bi-weekly episodes of Fuck That wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to give us a follow on Facebook and Twitter at FThatPod and at F that underscore pod on Instagram. And so when I went into my relationship with Jace, I had my boundaries because I thought I was all, you know, completely healed. So I, I had my boundaries. I'm like, I have boundaries. I'm not the boundaries police anymore. I have my own. But with Jace, you just kept pushing those boundaries. So although I had them, he would just come right up to the edge and just push it a little bit. And I would let him push it a little bit. And then you go back and then he pushes it just a little bit more and you go back. And so for Jace, I can say, thank you, Jace, for teaching me that I must be firm with my boundaries. You know, and, and this is the this is a the perspective shift and the lessons. And so I can go back with Josh and say, well, Josh. He had a, affairs the entire the entire time. Why did I let that happen? I don't even I don't even want to say let that happen. I didn't. He's his own person, and we can't we can't control people. And um, but I can say that I am worthy of so much more. And I don't like to say deserving because I I people I always hear people throwing that. Well, you deserve so much more. You deserve. Well, deserving means that you've worked for something. So you've earned it. Worthy is it is because it's who I am. I like that. Yeah. And so I don't deserve to be in a relationship with someone who isn't going to treat, you know, cheat on me. I am worthy to be loved to be cherished, to be honored, and to be with someone who respects my worthiness. So that is a lesson that I learned from Josh. So thank you, Josh. I'm not seeing you as a monster. I am seeing you as a teacher. And you've taught me some really, really hard, tear-fought lessons. But I'm worthy of so much more. And the same with Jace, because I don't, that part wasn't healed. And when I went into the relationship with Jace, I was still, you know, is he going to cheat? Is he going to do all this? Is he going to, is he going to, to be all of this? And, you know, he didn't, I don't know, because at some point along that track, I, healed myself from that. And it was when it was in 2020 when I split up with with Jace, I was looking for something because you know, like like I was saying before, it's like you know something's wrong, but you don't know what it is. You know something is not right, but you can't pinpoint it. Or you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I thought I was signing up to um, learn uh, to do some. So I'm an EFT practitioner. So we do we do tapping and stuff. And so I I thought I was having I signed up to have a therapy session with someone. I'm like I just need I need something because something is just off. Well, I accidentally signed up in the practitioner course. So I, 
it's 2020, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just crazy times. So when I go, when I went to the first session, it's like, oh, I'm learning how to do this as like, <laughs> it, which made sense of why it was so expensive. It was like $5,000 or something. I'm like, I just thought I was. I thought I was just, I thought I was just doing like a couple of therapy sessions or I don't know, you know, it's like, I just needed something. And so at that point in my life, I didn't care. I'm like, I just, I need something. So <laughs> lo and <I> behold, <laughs> lo and behold, I'm a therapist now. <laughs> That's great though. Oh my gosh. It, it is seriously has been my saving grace having that tool and I spent hours I mean after when I was split up with Jace I spent probably 10 12 hours a day doing doing the tapping and just getting it all out and you know with EFT it's a very rapid fast way to heal to work through your traumas and your emotions. And so by, and being a practitioner, you know, we have to do all these hours. And so it was like every day I was on, on zoom calls doing this with, you know, everyone else in my class as, as I thought I was just getting some therapy, but it, you know, I mean, we can't heal past what we haven't healed. And seriously, the past three years, I do this every day. I I work with it. And I think this is why when I did get back with Jace, I, I had my tools. So I knew how to process everything that was going on and eventually come to a point where, uh, you know, being healed from the unworthiness, being healed from the past relationships with, with my first husband to the point where it was like, okay, I'm not happy in this marriage. I don't know exactly what everything is, but I don't like the way he's treating me. I don't like the way he's talking to me. I don't like the way he's talking to our kids. I started teaching my kids how to do this as well, to manage their emotions and to process things. And I just kept praying for for an exit or for, for something. And... And it eventually happened. And I, you know, when, when you start healing all these parts of you, you stop accepting things that you are no longer willing to put up with. But you, you don't realize in, in even little things, because like I said, it's not like, it's not like it's always horrible, but you just stop putting up with even the little things and and then you just you leave i mean i i know that's it's like so i'm making it sound so simple it's so much more complex than that and and i do realize i do know that leaving is the hardest part it is very hard to leave it's very hard to leave safely it's very hard to leave when there are children involved and even me leaving Jace was very, it got very violent. And after I told him I was leaving and he flipped out and it was, it was very violent, but I could no longer once I had healed all these parts of me, there was no longer a reason to be with this person. Right. They weren't suiting you. They're bringing no. you down. Yeah. You can't work so much on yourself to bring you to a better place to stay with somebody whose only goal is to knock you back down. Yeah. No, that that is so true. And and really though, you have to be able to to see what needs to be healed and you can't it's very challenging to see everything that needs to be healed when we're still in the victim story, like what just keeps happening to me? Why me? Why is all this stuff happening to me? Why is he treating me like this? Why is this? Why is his family treating me like this? Why are they doing this? It's, you can't see the lessons. 
And I remember talking to one of my friends too. I'm like, she's like, well, you got to see your lessons. I'm like, I don't have no lessons. There's no lessons. I didn't do anything. I did. I'm a good girl. I went to church. I went to college. <laughs> I did all these things, you know, like I lived, I was a good wife. I was a perfect wife. I've never had an affair. I've never done all this. I don't flirt with other guys. I don't, you know, it's like I, I've lived this clean life and all these things keep happening to me and happening to me and happening to me. And it's like, but you're still living this victim story. Yeah, no one deserves the stuff we went through. Nobody does. It doesn't matter if you're this good little girl like me or or you're not. It doesn't matter. Nobody deserves that. But until we shift our perspective, until we stop living in our, our victim story, it is so hard to see the lessons because I could not see any lessons when I'm like, I didn't do anything. I'm just here and it all just keeps happening to me. How can you see, how can you see a lesson when, when you see your life like that? And it's not until we shift our story and we get out of our our victim story and we become the hero of our story and we let go of the victim story. And now I can go back, like I was saying before, and I can see the lessons because the lessons show us where we need to heal. And I thought I was healed between these two guys. Even though I didn't know exactly what needed to be healed, I spent a lot of time working on myself, but it wasn't the right. It There was a lot of healing, but there were still deeper lessons that needed to be healed. But I couldn't see them. Well, they were two different kinds. So what you would have seen in one wasn't going to be like red flag, red flag, red flag on the other because they had different traits. Well, yes, exactly. But also the the lessons are still there. So, you know, you can still go back, but but you can't see the lessons when you're in a victim story. It is very challenging. I, at least for me, I could not when I was living in my victim story. But as soon as I shifted my story and I chose to be the hero of my story, then I could forgive these guys because before that I couldn't. Before that I couldn't um, have compassion for them. Before that I couldn't forgive them. Before that, I was just the victim of why me, why me, why is all of this stuff happening to me when I'm a good person and I've lived a good life. And so, yes, they, there are, they're both very different one. You know, Josh is very um, covert and, and still, you know, he's, he's active in the church. They have a big old freaking Jesus sticker on their car. And I just laugh. I'm like, <laughs> And it's a fixed Jesus sticker. I, you know, I, I think I have something against Jesus stickers. Now, please don't put them on your car. Like, as you're just. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get out of the victim mentality and get mm-hmm. into the survivor mentality. Because that's when it really does click that I do not fucking deserve this by any means. No, nobody does. But then you know how to heal and you can say, okay, here are the things I've learned. And now you can look at it instead of being like a why me, it's a for me. You you can get your wisdom, your trauma wisdom, whatever. Um, you learn from your mistakes. You break those patterns. You shift your thinking and you can say it's done. Like I am very confident when I do get in another relationship, though I'm so not even there. But I know it won't be with another narcissist. I have learned 
I have learned, I have shifted, and it's done. That pattern in my life is done. And that's what, what I hope, you know, other people find from listening to this or listening to my story as well is that you don't have to be afraid to get into a new relationship when you have learned all the lessons. Because relationships are great. We are meant for relationships. We are meant for community. We are meant to to be with people. I totally agree. My fiance right now is the complete opposite of those two. And it's it's weird because like when you actually get a nice person, you're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> right? I I'm not there. I I have I haven't really dated very much in my life, but I you know, I I have seen nice guys around. But yeah, I I, I think I'm probably still here. I'm speaking it. But I, I knew I'm, I'm not there. I'm like, I, I just want to be single. I don't want, I'm good. <laughs> Absolutely. Work on yourself first and yes. everything falls into place. Yes. Right. Do you hmm. work um, like on Zoom? Do you have an office? How do you oh, do? Yeah, the- yeah. So I, um. I'm in the middle of revamping everything. So not not revamping, but yes, I guess it's revamping. So right right now I'm working on <laughs> I'm working on my website and all that stuff. Um what I am putting together right now is um in October I'm going to start a 12 week, very small, intimate container of 10 people who want to rapidly heal, rapidly go through the process that I went through with myself of rediscovering themselves. And uh, there's a lot of EFT, a lot of healing. And then at the end, we are going to go to Peru and track the Inca Trail. So one other thing I, I didn't mention about you, I have traveled and lived all over the world. I um, used to lead groups of college students all over the world on these humanitarian trips. And so I, I love it. That is so cool. It, <laughs> it is a part of me. I'm someone who can just jump on an airplane tomorrow. I'd like to travel by myself because then I get to do whatever I want to do. And it's always been my time just to, to do what I want to do. And so I've, I've trekked in Nepal, I've trekked in India, I've trekked in the Himalayas. I mean, I've, I've done um, the Inca trail before, but there's something very powerful when you are in this little container of healing and your end goal is empowerment and self-discovery. Well, okay, you know, it's good to be in this nice healing incubator, but now we are going to go and we are going to step out. And so I want to take my group. We're going to go to Peru. We're going to do the Inca Trail because there's something very powerful also about doing something very hard, something physically challenging for you as well. And the Inca Trail is very challenging, but it is, it's very empowering. And being up there in the mountains, in the high places, in the ruins, being able to tap and release and just let all this negative energy, everything that's been holding on to us, just let it go. Like sometimes I remember hiking down into these valleys. No one is around. There was no one there. I somehow managed. I always like surpassed all, all the people. And so I would have probably like a half an hour or an hour to myself in these beautiful ruins in the mountains. And I would just sit there and do my tapping and 
and just releasing things and and letting them go and healing. And so this is what I want to do. I want to have small containers. So what I'm what I'm do, working on is twice a year having these small healing containers and then taking the group to Peru to do the Inca Trail and do a lot of tapping up there and releasing and letting it go. And, you know, one, you have lasting friendships because it is, you know, it's a support group, but it's also stepping out and really embracing and being empowered. And yeah, I don't know. I How go hard right does now. it go? The, uh, the, what do you mean? Like how high do we climb up? Yeah. How high does like the trail go? So I think, so the, it's, I think it goes to 13,000 feet maybe is the highest for one day. But if you think of it as going on a stair stepper, do you remember, do you remember like the stair steppers at the gym? Yes. It's like, you only see like the old people doing it. (laughs) I do so that boring. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so boring. Don't judge okay. me. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Now, now do that for five hours. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> but you're surrounded by beauty, and it's just it's very it's very magical, and there's something very magical about being in the ruins and the Andes mountains. And I don't know. It's very healing, very magical. I want to take groups of people who do my small container. Um, That's what we're going to do. That's what we're doing. So I, right now I don't have my website because I'm still working on that, but you can find me on Facebook and I will give you the links for that. It's I'm Stephanie Ann on Facebook. Um, and then I do have a Facebook page called the, the door of freedom, because that's kind of what we're doing. We're walking through all these different doors. We, we have to stop at these different doors when we find the lessons and you have to be able to, like, I can hold your hand up to the door, but you have to make the choice to go through that door and to confront these shadow doors. I guess so. We didn't really talk about this very much, but is this part of the lessons? You have to be able to willing to walk to those doors and open those doors um, for your healing. And on the other side of those doors is your freedom. It is your empowerment. It is your self discovery. And one of the things that I I say on my, on the door to freedom is that we all have the keys within us to heal ourselves. Sometimes we just need the tools and that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to give you some of the tools to help you on your healing journey. But once you have the, once you, you change your perspective and make those shifts and have a couple tools in your tool belt. You can heal yourself. And then you can come to Peru with me if you want. I would love <laughs> to go to Peru. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's <laughs> go. It is going to be incredible. And it is, you know, especially when you're dealing with um, ab- abuse and, and narcissists. I, I don't want to, like, categorize abuse because abuse is abuse and it it is horrible, but narcissists are a whole nother level. And this is a whole other podcast because we didn't even touch on narcissism and court and navigating the judicial, the the legal system and all this stuff. It is. Oh yeah. We got to get a freaking nightmare. It's a freaking (laughs) nightmare. We can keep talking. I'm, I'm, we can, we can edit all this down to whatever you want, but it is a, <laughs> it's a night, it's a nightmare with a narcissist. It is a nightmare. Oh, I mean, yeah, I've, 
experienced my share, but I've never gone to jail because of one. So, but we I might. Have, I know twice. Twice, yes. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to bring you back for sure. I yeah yeah we we definitely need to talk about what happens with reactive abuse and what that is. Um, is not abuse. It is self-defense. It is you after you've been provoked for so long and tormented for so long and you react. And that's what they want. They want a reaction. Oh yeah. And they thrive off of it. Oh yeah. That's, that's all they want. And I, I got really good about walking away and, and leaving and not giving a reaction. But when my, my second, when Jace went into a narcissistic rage for three weeks and tormenting and provoking everyone in the house, it was the scariest thing I've ever been through in my life. And yes, I did go to jail, but it was all planned by him because that's, that's what, that's what they do. They plan, they plan everything out. And when people say, Oh, your ex is crazy. I'm like, no, he's not. It's calculated. He knows exactly what he is doing. He's not crazy. That's the scary part. And that's why, and that's the difference. Jace is very violent, aggressive, angry, angry, controlling man. Josh was, but in kind of the way a teddy bear is angry and controlling. Very different. Both horrible. I get that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll make sure I also put your links in the show notes. So anyone who wants to get in touch with you in between, they know how to do so. Yeah. So I'm doing um, like EFT one-on-one with people right now. And then I'm, working on a course, um, no contact, like how to go no contact and safely leave. And then I have my, my big thing is just, you know, it's just open to 10 people and it's the 12 week program with the, the trek to not Nepal, the trek to Peru at the end. That's exciting. That sounds great. Well, come on. Let's go. (laughs) Girl, don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) I know. Well, and you know, and you know, even if people are like, well, I have kids, so do I. But we have to put our healing and our self care first. It's always like, I always say when, you know, like when you get on an airplane and on the airplane, they're like, well, parents, Parents put their mask on first. We we can't take care of our children until we take care of ourselves. And so, yeah, I've been there. I had to, my three-year-old and my five-year-old had to go switch around between my parents and his parents and my sisters and whoever because I needed to go to Peru for 10 days, 12 days. My healing journey. Yeah, came we'll think back about a it. better person and a better mother. So exactly right. Yes. So now it's it, it's wild. It's a it's a journey, and it's not fun being in a relationship with a narcissist. I would never wish it on anyone. Me either. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Right. But it's I I do feel like the more we we get exposure out there that people become aware that there's just not there's some people who aren't good people out there. Right. Or just, you know, all the the unhealed all these unhealed people. Well, so let's get That's all healed I'm up. Saying. Let's all get healed yes. up. And, and be with other people who are all healed up, healed, yeah, healthy, actually, and whole. 
that's why I started a nonprofit called The Crime Connection. And it's about helping Mm. people get through their trauma to become better people because hurt people hurt people. So let's heal the hurt. So what I'm, my nonprofit is going to help different survivors of all different kinds of trauma find and use different tools at no cost to them so they can make sure that they like it. It's a good fit. And then they would take over. So just getting started, but you know, I think more people would be willing to try things if they knew what the outcome was going to be and they didn't have to do the upfront cost and we could get more people interested in maybe seeing what it looks like to get help. Yeah. Well, cause I, I think so many people, you know, it's like, well, go sign up for a therapist. Well, not all therapists know about narcissism, know how to help someone heal from narcissistic abuse. And not a lot of talk therapy. You have to rewire your brain because of all the trauma and everything you've been through. Your brain starts to wire itself accordingly. And so I have found and how I have been able to heal myself and how I've seen other people and help other people be healed as well is doing work that rewires your brain because you have to take all, all the negative, all the criticisms, all the, the manipulation, all the gaslighting that has been happening that has been processed in our brain and our brain has built all these neuro connections, whatever. It's not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a lawyer, (laughs) but, (laughs) but you know, and so it's like, you have to find something that will help you rewire your brain. EFT is one of the modalities that will help you wire your brain. Now there are a whole bunch of other ones. There's like rapid, rapid rewire. There's, you know, I do a lot of breath work too and meditation and um, all of that stuff. The positive affirmations, just tapping that stuff in. But, you know, I, I, I like that. I actually just, when I am creating this course I was telling you about, and I was looking at, I probably have a list of 15 different alternative therapies to talk therapy, you know, of ways that you can heal yourself. I haven't used all of them, but I have used some of them and they're all very good. Yeah. I can't tell you how many guests I have on that say, I didn't know there was resources out there. I didn't know other people were going through this. I thought I was alone. And it's like, wow, we really need to let people explore, try to better yourself. Mm -hmm. And like you said, finding the right, the right fit for you. Exactly. Because, you know, you're, you're going to heal what, and the way that works with you and not everyone can just go to a therapist's office and just sit and have talk therapy. I don't feel like that's really helpful when you're, when you're dealing with narcissism. I, I don't know. That's just my experience. No two journeys are going to be the same, but it's nice to know if something doesn't mesh, you don't give up there. Try something else. There's so much out there. There's so much out there. Resources are there. So hopefully I want to be like that matching service that will match people to help for the trauma. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's a great idea. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Was there anything else that you wanted to share? Uh. No, I think, I think we cover, you know, I mean, without moving on into like another deeper, heavy topic. Oh yeah, no, for sure. You're coming back on. (laughs) (laughs) 
because uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to talk about reactive abuse and the legal system from both being someone who went to jail twice <laughs> and crazy. victimized from the legal system to navigating it with child custody and all, you know, parallel parenting and all that other stupid shit with the other one. It's a nightmare. It's, it's a nightmare. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. You're easy to talk to. Oh, thank you. If you know somebody who could benefit either from this episode or a past episode, even my nonprofit, thecrimeconnection.org, please send them my way. Let's get that person you love the help that they need. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk crime another time. Bye.